The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is. Hi, I'm Bex, and I've got experience teaching across the primary school age ranges, and I also have the privilege of training the next generation of teachers as well. Hi, I'm Rob. I am Key Stage Two teacher, and I've also worked across the ranges in Milton Keynes. And we're very pleased to have you, our listener, with us as we explore personal, social, health, and emotional education with an interstellar folktale from Mexico. So, for all the fun and effectiveness of story-led learning, let's don our space helmets, sprinkle some Martian dust, and hang tight to our rocket as we blast off into this week's story. The sun is desperately in love with the moon and asks her to marry him. The moon, however, just wants to keep him as a friend. She knows that refusing to marry him will hurt his feelings, though, and she hates the idea of doing that. So what she needs is a way of saying no without actually saying no. And with a little bit of magic, she works out how to do just that. My friend, I will marry you on one condition. All I ask is that you bring me some clothes that will fit me perfectly. The sun beamed brightly. That was exactly what he wanted to hear. Well, maybe not exactly. He hadn't expected the "bring me some clothes that will fit me perfectly" part, but he was certain the moon's condition wouldn't be any trouble. Soon he would marry the woman of his dreams. So the sun carefully took the moon's measurements. She was exactly a size eight. Armed with this information, he set off to find some clothes that would fit her perfectly. The sun knew that the moon liked to wear dresses, so he flew to Earth. His favorite planet, and looked for something he could use to make a dress that was exactly size eight. With his magic, the sun could make a dress out of absolutely anything. On the earth, he saw some beautiful trees in the jungle, a luscious green. He thought they were just what he needed. He flew over the trees, waved his hands, and said. Change these trees, not a moment too late, into a dress that's exactly size eight. And in a flash, the trees changed into a dress that was exactly size eight. Excitedly, the sun took the dress to the moon for her to try on. But when she did. The dress looked really baggy, like really baggy. The moon had to clutch the dress against her shoulders to stop it slipping off. The sun was confused. He measured the dress, and it was exactly size eight. Then he measured the moon again, and she was exactly size 
six. And if you and your young learners want to see if the sun manages to find some clothes that will fit the moon perfectly, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Fit for the Moon. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator as of the 30th of September 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, stunningly illustrated by Corky Paul's protege, Mario Coelho, in time for you to use for World Space Week 2022. Don't worry if you missed that, though, as you can order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and epic educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. In fact, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you are also supporting this podcast, so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every single week. So, thanks very much, folks. Right now, though, let's begin our discussion with Bex and Rob here by asking, folks, did you think this story was out of this world? <laughs> You've missed those, haven't you, Bex? <laughs> I've really missed those. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have missed you too. Welcome back to Happily Ever Teaching. It's been a while. Yes. <laughs> I'm very glad to be back. And uh, I, obviously, we are doing this story uh, in celebration of World Space Week. So that's why I am wearing my interstellar storytelling shirt. I don't know if you can oh, see nice. there with the yeah. planet. Very and nice. Stars yeah. and everything. Very nice. Um, but yes, uh, what did you think of the story? So I loved it. It's uh, one of... Uh, probably in my top 10 stories, which is um, <laughs> good. Um, I really, really liked the determination of the sun to find the perfect gift or the perfect dress for the moon. I loved mm. the fact that he just kept going and kept going and kept going. And obviously, that's something we really want to instill in our children and young people is that determination to keep going and that resilience. So I really, really liked his attitude. He didn't just give up on the first hurdle. Yeah, no. I love that. No, and, and when he is about to give up, that's when he has his best idea. Yes. So it's yeah. kind of showing that, yeah, if you just hold out there a little bit longer, you've still got a chance. Just like we were holding out for you to return to us. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Rob? Yeah, I um, I really liked it. It launched uh, lots of ideas for different stories. There we go, we're getting them all ready. <laughs> I, I yeah. miss Rob's puns, I miss them. <laughs> no one else has. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, in the same way that Bex is saying about the perseverance that the moon shows and the sun, in both of them keeping going, getting them to where they want to be. Yeah, it was uh, a really good story and it had uh, an unexpected outcome in some ways. Unexpected? It's, it's interesting that you should say that. You, you weren't expecting them to get together? Well, you kind of think after three times of saying no, or going, oh, no, it's not the right size. Mm. Again, with that perseverance, you might go, oh, okay, we're fine. I can't do it. I give up. But Well, the reason why I found that comment interesting is because we have adapted this Mexican folktale. In the original Mexican folktale, the sun doesn't find anything that fits the moon perfectly. So the original does have an unhappy ending. We adapted it, uh, especially when we were looking for a story for the Big Bang Science and Engineering Fairs. We, we were doing some storytelling there and we wanted a, a story that had a space link and we found this tale. But we 
also wanted not just to show the moons changing in size, but also something that would show the moon's impact upon the planet, and so its connection to the movement of the tides. And that's why we came up with the idea of the wedding veil, which gives us both a, a happily ever after, but also another way of using this story to explore scientific astronomical ideas. So yeah, it's it's interesting that we we managed to surprise you by tagging on a, a happy yeah. ending. <laughs> uh, well, there we go. And like you said, it's the best known science approach storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah, I think when Bath University did their study in 2020, the most recent proof that storytelling tops every other teaching method, the subject they actually used was science, although they used the science of evolution rather than the science of astronomy. But yes, we know for certain that storytelling helps children to gain scientific principles even more than activity-based teaching, which is just amazing. Although I'm sure it's partly because you can use the story to launch into some activities. And goodness me, you've got me doing it now. So <laughs> let's, let, let's do that, shall we? Shall we see what sort of activities you folks have come up to explore the PSHE elements here? Bex, would you like to kick us off with your activities for ages four to seven? Sure. I think there's so many things that you could use this story for. I think there's some that will span all of the age ranges. So I'll just say that if there's something <laughs> that I think is worth looking at throughout the whole school, because you could do it if you're wanting to use this story in Space Week, actually, it might be that you want something that works for the whole school. True, so yeah. I thought, um, first of all, there's obviously the whole theme of healthy relationships, which we really need to be instilling in our mm, younger yes. children. And so obviously all of our children, but particularly as children are starting school, I mean, we're still having children who are coming into our schools who haven't had that much time in other settings due to the impact of COVID still. Mm. So just how to form a healthy relationship with someone and also that whole element of handling conflict within friendships as well. So obviously the moon wanted to keep the sun as her friend and didn't want to upset him. So kind of thought of ways that she could do that they could yes, keep their friendship yeah. but not upset him so I really like that whole theme of handling conflicts and I know that I'm here today to represent the younger end of the school but I couldn't help but <laughs> think about there obviously will be something about um, sizes when you're talking about the yeah. size of the moon so really thinking about our older particularly our older girls and like all of the pressures they have from social media and talking mm. to them about body image and body size and body awareness and even with our younger children they're still exposed to that even if you think about the characters that they see in like Disney films yes, often yeah. they're you know the very princesses petite. are yeah yes. very petite I mean you've got Brave who I really like because she's a bit different she's got the crazy curly hair and the bit of a more muscular stature yeah, yeah. and then obviously Mulan but a lot of what they're being shown is this is how you are beautiful by being like tiny. Yes. So I thought even our younger children need to have an understanding of that. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because when we first discussed this story for our previous podcast, the Epic Learning podcast, um, what was it, two years ago now? Rob, I think you were bringing up very similar points yeah. Um, yeah. for yeah. the ages 10 to 11. And to be honest, bo both of you have experience across the entire primary range, don't you? So um, <laughs> yeah. we, we may as well throw all of the... <laughs> <laughs> Everything we've got at it. <laughs> yeah, ju just throw everything we've got at it. Uh, so, do you want to pick up on that theme before we move on from it, Rob? Yeah. Like, so yeah. How you would explore it? Because I'd also identified it as something we need to think about. A lot of the PSHE I like to do is sat down on circle time or discussion 
So just talking about the fact that your body size is your body size. Everybody is mm. a, a beach body, that kind of thing. Making children aware of the fact that if you are a size four, then that's fine. But if you're a size eight and you want to be a size four, you've got to go about it healthily or just be happy in the body that you've got. Mm. I think drawing attention to the fact that some countries, some shops have got size zeros needs to be yeah. done as well because that's an incredibly unhealthy thing. If, if you're already that size, then mm. that's fine. But to aim for that is going to be an unhealthy way to do it. And you can start thinking yes. about, especially with the older children, so your year sixes, 10 and 11-year-olds, looking at eating disorders maybe, mm. how they can affect your body and what you can do. If you know someone who is experiencing it, if you've got an older sibling who's doing it, or if you are thinking about it yourself, the best way is to kind of either manage it or steer away from it. Mm. Question for both of you then, how, how would you actually go into that from this story because because you're right that it's it's a very clear theme but the moon is changing her size in this story first of all she's doing it magically which is why it's able to change extremely quickly and secondly kind of unusually i guess she's doing it so as to distance herself from the sun whereas usually we see size change as a, a means of making yourself more attractive so i'm just wondering how you would actually move from this story into that discussion or that activity so i was thinking like the whole theme of it's okay to change size because like we all change size for different reasons okay for us as adults we all know that we can sometimes if you're really sad you might change size if you're really happy you might change size there's loads Mm. of different reasons if you're poorly if you have to take a certain type of medicine if you go into hospital if you move a lot more than you used to so like starting with the moon change size and that was okay and actually if the moon didn't change size then you can talk about like the science of it and it affecting how our planet would work and how the tides would work etc etc and then with the younger ones i probably just give them some pictures of people of different sizes and get them to discuss like the great things about being different sizes so yeah, put no. a real positive spin on. I really like that. I really like linking it to the fact that you see the moon doing this first, linking it to the astronomy, because that makes it definitely part of nature, doesn't yeah. it? So it's absolutely natural to change size. And again, because this is a big issue, like body image and mm. body size, and is a massive issue for our children and young people. And actually, it's a safe place to discuss it. Why is the moon changing size? Actually, she's changing size because she's trying to put the sun off her mm. and kind of then discuss about them changing size when they've seen someone changing size and relate it to like personal experience and I was thinking there's quite a lot of now like uh, fashion companies who use different sizes of models so just off the top of my head like Abercrombie and Fitch they're brilliant at showing lots of different sizes in the style there's two places where you can get like for your older children maybe getting some pictures and like talking about different sizes being beautiful and looking at the positives yeah yeah and Shrek is a really good one for this as well the sort of changes that Fiona goes through and and after the very first film well no because she does go back in the sequel actually doesn't she for a a brief period sorry spoiler alert Um, but uh, after then it's just taken as granted that she's going to be an ogre and that's that's absolutely fine in fact that means that she gets more love from Shrek Uh, incidentally I think the issue came up in our previous podcast about which way the moon could go because obviously the moon 
does reduce in size through half of the month and then through the other half of the month increases in size. And so rather than give a suggestion of speedily losing weight, as she does in this book, you could have done it the other way and actually have her speedily gaining weight. Now, I personally didn't feel comfortable using the speedy gaining of weight as a means of putting someone off you. That's why I prefer to start with the weight loss approach. But if you are telling this story, you can actually have the size changing however you like. You can have her go down. You can have her then go back up again, as long as you don't do it too much. Because I guess eventually if she keeps going up and down, you would just be able to pull out an item of clothing that the size yeah. is already made for her, wouldn't you? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, if you're telling the story, you, you, you'll know your children. You'll know best whether to use the size down or the size up approach or the go down and then up approach. Uh, adapt it, I'd say, for mm-hmm. your cohort. It just whilst you've been saying that, talking about the fact that it changes both ways, I was thinking, oh, the cyclical nature of it and the changes that it brings, you could, especially with older children, or in fact, almost exclusively with your older children potentially key stage three as well start talking about changes that the bodies go through Mm. especially for the girls in your classes Mm. because that would help you could potentially link it to that as well Mm. yeah certainly you have to talk about it don't you with this story when it's a real Mm. big issue and i think it's a great way of kind of opening up for our children in a really safe way Definitely. And a nice uh, opportunity then to get a rather random story link between this one and the Prince Lindworm story, (laughs) which we've also looked at to explore body changes and Mm. the sorts of smells and things that can come out from it. If if that is your focus, then these two stories are a a fantastic, Mm. if unusual, pair. But I think it's worth reminding all the children that the sun still like the moon, whatever size and shape she was, even though she was trying to put him off, actually, because he was looking more about who she was, not what she looked like. And I think that's a really good message to send to our children and young people. Absolutely. So what else did you have for us for ages four to seven, Bex? So, or ages four to 11, whichever. Oh, wh- whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you, you know me. So linking to the feelings part of it, I'd love to explore with the children that awareness of other people's feelings because mm. the moon had a really good awareness of her friend's feelings. And often, like particularly with the younger children, I don't know if you remember this, Rob, from when you worked with our little ones, when they say, you're not coming to my party, you're not my friends anymore, yeah, all of yes. that kind of yeah. like really, yeah. and it really, cuts them deep yeah, yeah or when they go on play dates and then they play with them all day and then they don't actually want them to go home with them anymore because they played yeah. with them all day at school <laughs> they're just that real awareness of talking to them about how we know how other people are feelings like the clues in their body or in their face and how we can be aware of their feelings I think that's really important and also it's a bit of a well left field one but also the dreaming element of the story so the son's mm. dream was to marry the moon and he had all of this like it's normal a very feminine thing isn't it that whole picture in your wedding and like yeah. um, and dreaming about your wedding and actually it was the son who was our male character in this instance who was doing the dreaming I love that mm. so that kind of challenges that perception of what male and female roles are in mm. relationships and so I'd probably explore some dreams with the children as well so it would be really really nice because obviously space week is night time and we're thinking about the moon which is you know uh, nights yeah. and thinking about dreams that we might have had or dreams for our future particularly for our little ones 
say, what would you like to do in this week, probably? And then maybe year one and year two this term and then maybe further up school, what do you want to achieve in this year? And I always have with my class a little dream jar that they write a dream on and then we look at it at the very end of the year and see if Mm. any of our dreams have come true. So that's a really nice activity still on the last day when you're pulling your hair out. (laughs) And that will link quite nicely with the uh, themes of perseverance that you were talking about right at the very beginning. See if they're taking those dreams out. Have they forgotten about them? Do they care about having forgotten them? Or do they still hold them and want to make a renewed effort? One of my boys wanted um, a class fish. And I said, well, sorry, <laughs> hasn't, come, hasn't come true, has it? We didn't get to uh, Did he persevere, though? No, because I didn't know what his dream was. He didn't say uh, it. He just wrote it down. So I could never help him with that dream. Uh, I mean, I don't no. think I want a class fish either. So no class fish. No. <laughs> you, do, you didn't have fish and chips on the last day of time. Yeah, this was going to be your, this yeah. was gonna be your class fish, but actually we need it instead. Yeah, the chef intercepted it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what do we have for the ages? Well, again, the the, the children. What do, what do we have for children. the children from you, Rob? We'll say perseverance. Again, you can see great minds thinking alike on this podcast. We've all kind of touched on it. Mm-hmm. I think that the children that we're teaching these days, their perseverance and resilience due to global situations has gone down massively. Mm. whether that's to be able to write a page in their books or whether it's to read a whole, like a chapter book, perseverance and resilience to do these things has shot down massively. So to be Mm. able to use this story as an example of if you keep on going at things and working on it, then you will get the pleasure, the rewards that that you want from it. So it would be a good example to kind of drop into lessons that you were doing. Or if you could see that some children were going, oh, I can't write seven sums in my book. Mm. Go, well, the son didn't give up after the first three attempts. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to help you if you don't either. Yeah, you can encourage them to be more sun. Yes. <laughs> Shine bright like the sun. That's another reason, I think, why I was very happy to add the new ending to this Mexican folktale, because it does come across as a bit more satisfying if you have these three attempts and then he finds the one that that works. And through that, you get a very common story structure, which is the hero faces a problem. They have a few attempts that fail or don't don't seem to quite solve the problem. Um, And just when they're about to give up, they have the idea that cracks it. And as well as that being quite an inspiring story in and of itself for your young learners, it's also a great way of giving them the satisfaction of going through that story model, because that's what's going to encourage them to listen to more stories. And the more stories that they're going through, the more they're picking up on this kind of structure where things go wrong and then they go right again, uh, and they've got that to look forward to, the more they are encouraged to give a try to chapter books because they don't just read um, one chapter and get bored thinking it's not going anywhere. They start reading a chapter and picking up on all of the little signs that this is part of a bigger story. And that's why we have the epic tales being the length that they are because there just aren't enough short stories out there for children. And it's the short stories that are really going to give them the experience of the thrill of completing a story that's what's going to get them in, in yeah. encouraged to use more chapter books. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
that's all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the sun and the moon will help us teach English. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. 